and having a wonderful day. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And today we have a great topic. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation, a conversation for intelligent black people who want to be fair. Uh, and today we happen to bring up that word, that L word, the word Lizzo. Uh, I try not to really talk about it too much on this platform because we've already kind of talked about it. But there was a controversy involving Lizzo uh, and Jill Scott as well that uh, also uh, involved a young lady that I happen to know by the name of Sharice Lane that drove me to want to have a conversation. I said, you know what? Uh, white media ain't going to do it right. Uh, we know how racist the media can be. We know that they don't want to hear from young black people who have a narrative or a perspective that differs from the mainstream. And so I invited Sharice to come on and talk about what happened. So first off, I'd like to, I hope you all will give a big black welcome to uh, Miss Sharice Lane. How are you doing today, sister? I'm good. Thank you for having me. And thank you for giving me the platform to uh, kind of say what I need to say and share my side of the story. All right. All right. And uh, and so so that everybody can know, uh, Sharice, uh, you know, it's before we get to Lizzo and Jill Scott and everything else, how old are you? I just turned 23 around two weeks ago, April 9th. Okay, April 9th. All right, everybody say happy birthday in the chat. Uh, say happy birthday to the sis. Okay, well, happy birthday to you. Um, all right, so 23. Okay, so 23. That's important for us to, I think, understand because, uh, you know, I know that when I was 23, I was just learning how this Democrat-Republican game works, how propaganda works. Um, I used to believe back then that maybe life was fair or there was supposed to be. And, uh, and I learned, you know, the hard way that it wasn't like that. And so, Sharice, uh, let, let's, let's dive into this. So, uh, tell us the whole story with the Lizzo thing, and uh, how, how did you end up even addressing Lizzo? Because uh, I I just saw it on the shade room, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I said, "Wait a minute, I know her." Uh, how did how did Lizzo even become part of the conversation on your Twitter page? Uh, right. So um, I would just say first, um, I have conversations on my Twitter all the time about uh, what celebrities are doing or current events, current topics. Um, even when it comes to femininity and being classy and stuff like that, um, because that's just the type of conversations that I have on my Twitter. And as you know, when it comes to celebrities, everyone is going to talk about you regardless. Like, I don't, I don't care who you are. Everyone is going to talk about you. So my tweet wasn't even to point the fingers at them. I was having a conversation about curvy and plus size women. Let me actually read the tweet before I get into explaining it. I don't know if you, you already have it pulled up, but um, I want to read it and then I'm going to explain what I meant by it. Well, what I'll do is I'm going to share what the shade room put up. Okay. Is, is that the yeah. one that you'd like people to see? The the one in the shade room. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I and I want everybody to know that, that I, we're you know we're not here to uh, be biased or to just cape you know cape for Sharice just because she's one of us. Uh, it's really a matter of letting her voice be heard and uh, and, and media propaganda is something else. And so here's the tweet. Uh, it's right there in the middle of us. It says, your size isn't the reason men won't date you. It's the level of class you have. For example, let's compare Jill Scott to Lizzo. Men, which would you date? And so I, I want to ask the men in the chat, uh, if you had a choice between dating Jill Scott and Lizzo, uh, which would you pick? Which one uh, do you think uh, you could bring home to mama? Would you bring home Lizzo with the booty out? Or would you bring home Jill Scott, you know, uh, it, it, the way she she appears in this picture? Which one? Which one would you you fellas pick? So so that okay. So Lizzo. So it sounds like you weren't really necessarily aiming for Lizzo. It sounds like she came in as part of a bigger conversation you were having. Is that accurate? Yes. So um, I was basically talking about plus size women and how 
um, you know, size does size kind of does matter, but at the same time, it won't stop you from getting a man. But what will stop you is the level of classiness you have. And then I gave examples of people who like celebrities who people deem as plus size. And I said, this person versus that person, Joe Scott versus Lisa, which one would you date? And my tweet has been blown out of proportion. I know the reason it, it has mainly been blown up is because Jill Scott responded. She said two words. She said, stop it. Okay. I, you know, I, I see why she said that, but at the same time, I really wasn't aiming to put two black women against each other. What I was basically saying is here is an example of two celebrities, two plus size celebrities who I think is classy and not classy. And, that is going to be what's going to determine if you're going to get a man or not. That's what I was saying. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, okay. it was it was a pretty simple conversation that has been blown out of proportion. And for the past two days, I've, I've gotten several messages, hateful messages, people telling me to kill myself, people telling me to end my life, you know. And okay. I've also seen a lot of media sites write pieces on this around five, four or five or six media sites write a piece on this, but none of them have reached out to me. None of them have came to ask me, why did I tweet it? I wasn't trying to put black women against each other. I wasn't trying to be, uh, people have been calling me misogynistic. People have been calling me a pick me. At this point, I embrace the term pick me. I am, my name is Mrs. Pick me. I feel like I've been through this since last year. There was another tweet that I tweeted last year, basically saying that I am the prize and I listed the reasons why I was the prize. And that went viral and everybody was calling me a pick me. Mm, okay. But so um, I, I just think that they're mad at me because I, I'm kind of holding especially when it comes to uh, the tweet wasn't really about her but now that she's brought up Lisa I'm kind of holding her accountable because even though she is a, a musical artist at the end of the day there are people that's looking at you especially our young black women our young black girls that are looking up to you and you have to be a good example because whatever you do they're going to want to do but people don't understand they don't understand that they don't want to be held accountable a lot of black women want to hold other people accountable especially when it comes to black men oh black the black man is this the black man is that but don't want to hold ourselves accountable me myself i even hold my own self accountable i'm not perfect i've been through a lot of stuff in my life i'm only 23 but i've been through a lot of stuff i've done some stuff that i'm not proud of but i also have those mentors that put me in check that i go to and tell them oh i, I got into this situation and they get me in check so i'm gonna do the same when it comes to these celebrities Mm -hmm. Just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean that you're not susceptible to criticism. Mm -hmm. If you're in the spotlight, somebody's going to be looking at you. So that means you need to be a good example. Okay. So, uh, and by the way, everybody, I'm speaking with Ms. Sharice Lane, and we're talking about um, an interesting incident that just took place online. Uh, I'm going to give you Sharice's uh, Twitter so you can join and follow her. Everybody should follow her on Twitter and she's active on Instagram and uh, she's a smart young lady. And I thought that uh, what she was, uh, what was she was going through was very unfair. And so I wanted to just bring her in here so that you all could hear her side of the story. Uh, because what happened was that when she talked about Lizzo, uh, the white media pretty much did what I know that they would do. Y'all saw when some of y'all saw when it happened to me, where what they'll do is they'll talk about you, but they won't talk to you. Uh, and so with black women, it seems to me that the white liberal media is pretty much saying shut up and dribble, basically the, the female equivalent of that basically shut up. Don't talk. We don't want we'll define you for you. 
And I and I and I'm offended by that. I think that if they really wanted to know what you thought, they should have asked you. And the fact that these media outlets are all like, oh, this black conservative, this black woman, that blah, 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 blah. And they didn't even take the time to even ask what you were, you know, what your point was. It's kind of interesting. Now, I want to just share something with everybody. Uh, and I'm going to bring T. Kalik in here in a minute because he has something he'd like to say as well. Um, we, I did a survey. I did a poll with you all. And I asked you all, I give, you know, I said, what do you think about Lizzo and the imagery she puts out, uh, you know, which is funded by the record labels? This ain't really about just Lizzo. Lizzo is very talented. She's a great singer. But there's a lot of extraness, extra that comes with it. There's a lot of raunchiness. There's a lot of, um, you know, booty out, you know, just kind of, you know, behavior that is embarrassing to a lot of people and, and very, you know, irritates a lot of people. You don't want to see them in front of children. I don't know if y'all remember when she went to the Lakers game and had her booty out and was sitting in the, I mean, in front of kids, in front of kids. This is almost like, you know, on more than one occasion. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. If I, did, if I did that as a man and went somewhere and had my booty and my penis out, and I'm at a Lakers game. I mean, that, that just that's hilarious to even say. I don't. I feel weird even saying that, right? They they would you know that that would be considered almost predatory behavior. I saw her on TikTok. She was simulating the sucking of a man's penis uh, on TikTok. Which is, yeah, it's, it's an app for children. So so when black people speak up on this and say, why are you why are you celebrating this image of the black woman? Uh, that's a problem. You know, it's think about this. I want y'all to ask. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Yes or no. Can anybody think of any white woman who is just as famous as Lizzo right now, who is being promoted the same way as Lizzo, as an overweight hoe, basically? Let's just call it for what it is. Can you think of any white female as famous as Lizzo? Are they doing that with Adele? Adele is is a big girl too. You know, not she's, she's, she's lost weight, but she was big at one point. Right? Are they are they having Adele twerking and you know pulling a booty out at every a public event? Like so there is no white. Lizzo. And I, I want everybody to kind of just notice that this is what they do to you. They put you in this box. And then when black people speak up, the attacks start coming. Well, guess what? We attack him back because this is racism. That's what it is. Racism. So anyway, uh, what I'm going to do is bring in uh, T uh, because I, I want to hear what T has to say about this. I know T has a lot to say. Now, now I see uh, two two feeds in for you, T, uh, but I'll, I'll pull in this one. Hey, hey, T, how you doing? Hey, man, what's going on, y'all? Doing very, going very well. Every, everything's great, man. Great to see you, brother. Great to see you too. All right. So, uh, T, you, you, I know you uh, were very passionate about this. I think you might have been the person who actually shared the article with me. And you, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, or at the very least, you said some things that made me say, "Okay, I want to hear what he has to say on this." Uh, so, what what are your thoughts in terms of what transpired with between Sharice and Lizzo with the Jill Scott stuff and all that stuff? Well, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm not shocked because anytime there's black dysfunction, that is always going to be promoted and uplifted. And in the black community, we're not allowed to check ourselves. We're not allowed to have any sense of standard because when you have standards, your your community change. So what the media likes doing is they like promoting the worst of our people, so that way we can have the most dysfunctional relationships. And then when you have this function, there's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of black people who cannot come together. And then if we can't come together, we have broken families and we, and we have the same problems over and over again. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just not shocked. And, you know, the thing is, it's just it's just amazing that in our community it's like we know we don't control the media. You know, we, we have no say, no control of the media, but yet. When you correct behavior or when you just try to draw a parallel for positivity, 
you don't even get to the white man. We can't even go to the white person promoting this. We have to fight our own people. It's just so frustrating that you 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 got to go through your own people who are not understanding. Like what you're saying is what 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 you're doing is you're promoting <laughs> an an ideology that's detrimental to your people that was never even started by your people. You know what I'm saying? I I, I look at her situation as the same situation as. Ice Cube when when Ice Cube tried to come out and 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 who came out as the front guard to stop Ice Cube from getting anywhere? Our people, I don't I don't even think he was able to even talk to white people. So yeah, this is a problem, and you know I I applaud her for you know standing her ground. I don't think black people should be apologizing at all because there's a lot of dysfunction going on that we have to counter. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you. And, and by the way, I'm speaking with Tika Leak and also Sharice Lane, and we're talking about uh, this interesting Lizzo incident that happened this week. Um, you know, I, I I I don't know if I got a chance to mention the full results of the poll that I took, but basically, I asked you all, I asked intelligent black people, what do you think about the image that Lizzo's promoting to the world? And I think five to one, uh, you all said that you don't like it, right? So five to one, like about sixty percent to twelve percent. Twelve twelve percent of you said. Either you like it or you love it. Uh, 59% said, um, I, I, I either dislike it or I really dislike it. And then there was about 29% of you who said, I don't care, right? So ultimately, uh, the black community, many of the black people that we know do not like what they're seeing. They don't like seeing the uh, a talented black woman portrayed this way, uh, and, 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 you know, in, in, in a way that's, that's being put in front of our daughters. Uh, they see this as racial uh, stereotyping. Uh, it is a minstrel show, and a lot of people, a lot of our people, see right through it. And so, what what's interesting to me is, like you said, T, that as soon as somebody in the black community speaks up on that, the first thing they'll do is send the black person to vilify you. And Sharice, I want to ask you this: It seemed to me also that when you uh, spoke up about this, that they um, that a lot of white folks jumped in, particularly white gay men jumped in and attacked you. White gay men because, and white feminists. Yeah, and white feminists attacked you because they felt they had a license. Because when Jill Scott put that meme up saying stop, but she didn't say she didn't agree. That's the thing. Jill Scott didn't say. Yeah, yeah, she just says stop. And that that we that can mean a lot of things, right? But then that's when white folks came in and said, oh, well, we got a black person that's giving us permission to attack this black this other black person. So they came in pretty hard. What, what was that like for you? It's something I'm used to. Um, it wasn't even just her response as to why they felt like they could say something. It was all the other black people in the comments, uh, calling me coon and and uh, <laughs> a pick me and all of this, and especially a lot of the black women calling me a misogynist. Then you have uh, these white gay men thinking that they have the right to say whatever they want to me because they see black women saying stuff to me and these white feminists saying stuff to me, which I had to check one of them. I said, stay out of black people's business. You talk too much. Mm. Mm. I totally agree with that. Cause I know when I deal with white liberals, especially I, I notice when it comes to these type of issues, they are very vocal about it. Anything when it comes to like reparations or economic building or family building for the black community, you don't see white liberals anywhere. But when it comes to correcting dysfunctional behavior like this, this is when they jump in and get bold with you. How dare you as a black person say that? It's just it's just very bold. And yes, you have to correct them because they think they control us. And sadly, 
because a lot of our black celebrities and black media pundits, sadly, they work for the media. So they are getting paid by someone white, mostly liberal. So they parrot that nonsense. So sadly, there's an image of black people that is put out as if we endorse this behavior. And this is why she was she was being attacked by a bunch of white people. It's almost as if she was a runaway slave who ran away from the plantation. They sent the dogs out to sick her back and tell them to shut up. That's that's <laughs> what it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that 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 ownership piece is really interesting. And, and so, um, you know, what was really interesting is, and, and I think it's uh, important, Charisse, to give you a chance to clarify this. Uh, when Jill Scott came in and had something to say about it, which again, Jill didn't wasn't. It wasn't as if she was clearly against you. It wasn't as if she said what you said was wrong. She just said, stop, whatever that means. She put the Kevin Hart meme up. Right. Uh, it, it seemed then that people accuse you of pitting one black woman against the other. Uh, that doesn't seem like that's what you were doing. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I wasn't doing that at all. Like I said, the purpose of the tweet was to just compare one woman that I felt was classy and one woman that I felt wasn't classy who people consider plus size and when i was talking about plus size women i was basically saying just because of your size that doesn't basically doesn't stop you from getting the man what stops you from getting the man is your level of classiness that's all i was saying i have conversations like this all the time on twitter you know but because jill scott responded and uh the it, which i didn't even tag jill scott or lisa I think either she saw it because a whole bunch of people were saying her name or someone sent it to her or many people sent it to her, but I wasn't even trying to get clout off of mentioning them. These are simple conversations that I have all the time with my followers because this is the type of stuff that I talk about. Mm. Okay. So, so it wasn't even like you were looking for them to even be involved in the conversation. Is that accurate? Oh, no. Mm, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's fascinating too. I mean, and I want to ask everybody about this. Give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of y'all remember uh, that Lakers game? You know where Lizzo went to the Lakers game and had her booty out, and 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 nobody asked her to pull her booty out. It wasn't like this was a this wasn't a strip club. This was not you know some sort of weird celebrity party. This was not a uh, any kind of booty out fashion show. She just decided to go to a place where people people don't normally pull their booties out at Lakers games. They just they don't. They go to Lakers games so they can watch basketball. But for some reason, Lizzo shows up like this, right? And uh, and a lot of people were offended because they said, "Look, there are children at this game," you know. And again, I want to ask you about this, T. You know, what what if me or you went to a game and we decide we want to pull our junk out, you know, like you know, and 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 you know, because we want to be liberated. Right. What what do you think that what do you think would happen to one of us if we decided we wanted to show everybody what we got and pull it pull it out in front of children, which I would never do, by the way. But what what, what do you think would happen to us, T? You know what? They would rightly condemn us. But you know what, man? Um, in 2024, uh, if we was probably with the other community and we did that, they probably applaud it. You know, I, I, at this point, <laughs> I really don't know because there's so much dysfunction being a part of the black community. I, I really don't know. But yeah, you know, and you know, what's interesting about the classy thing with Lizzo is that it, it's almost as if it's, it's not an understanding of, of how men view women. Because really, if you look at Lizzo, like, you know, of course she's a heavy set girl, but the antics of what she does affects how people see her more than how she looks. Because if you think about it, Lizzo, you know, it, you know she's supposed to be this empowered woman, 
I don't know if you heard, but she was in a couple of celebrities' inboxes. Um, she was in that one white dude's inbox who played Captain course, America. I don't, I don't something. know if you remember that story. And you know, he, of course, he rejected her, but she was like, "I was drunk with her." But you know, when you you have to throw yourself at men, and it sounds like you are getting attention because if you think about it, a, a man doesn't want a woman like that as his wife. You know, how can you have a woman like that and then she raises your kids? but then she promotes that type of imagery. Like, what if you have a daughter? So you want your daughter to grow up thinking that that's okay to behave that way. And then not even realizing that when men even think about Lizzo, because what she portrays, but because what she puts out, if a dude was seriously, I mean, not even seriously, but just to entertain her, he would probably just want to sleep with her and that's it and not take her seriously because of the antics that she portrays. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's not a good role model for black people, especially young young black girls trying to come up looking like that and thinking like that is that is a good model to, you know, be attractive just throwing out your butt like that. Okay, so my question, uh, I want to ask everybody in the audience this. And by the way, I'm speaking with T. Kalik and also Sharice Lane, and we're talking about Sharice's uh, running with Lizzo and the Lizzo mob and uh, also um, some other things that happen with that. If you could, please take a second and hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you, this is an example of why we need black media. We need to have our own platforms so that our voices can be heard so that people won't think that every black person is co-signing on the nonsense that you see in the media. Uh, I can just tell you right now, both T and Sharice, I'm going to invite both of them to the all black national convention because uh, that's the place, one of the places where we get together and we really make our own rules as family. And so um, if you want to know more about the convention, just go to boyswalkins.com. It's going to be at the end of October in Charlotte. And uh, because I think we need our own spaces. We really need our spaces to shape who we're going to be because we can't build a community. You can't build black power and black wealth or anything or black family when you have a whole community full of Lizzo's. No disrespect to Lizzo. We don't hate you. We just we we don't necessarily like the record labels that are paying you to degrade yourself. So here's what um, I want to ask everybody: a quick question. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Uh, how many of you would want your daughter to grow up and be just like Lizzo? Like if you had a daughter that grew up and made a lot of money, uh, pulling her booty out at Lakers games, and you know uh, sneaking into the inboxes of the Avengers and and simulating sucking a man's penis on TikTok. And doing all this, how many of you would be happy? Would say that's my that's my baby, that's my girl. I'm so proud of my daughter. How many of you? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Would you be proud? Would that make you feel good? Would that make you feel like yeah, she's representing the power? That's black girl magic. Is that black girl magic? How many of y'all would feel that way? Okay, so so I I think that that simple question um, allows us Sharice to just i think make it real clear i think it's important you know we know white people going they're going to do what they do they've been doing they've been doing this for 400 years misrepresenting us making us look crazy uh lizzo fulfills my wife explained it uh in a podcast she and i, she and I did she fulfills two historical menstrual show stereotypes there's the stereotype of the um of the Jezebel which is basically you know the hoe uh and the other stereotype of the black woman as the mammy so she's the mammy hoe that's pretty much what they are marketing her as they don't do this with white women, and this is this is just real. So, Sharice, as a twenty-three-year-old, um, how do you what what is it like for you when you are going into a world where people think that this kind of stuff is normal? Like you're you're a young woman. You one day you're gonna get married and have children and everything else, and your whole life is in front of you. 
what's it like dating black men in general? You know, when you've got some men who have been falsely led to believe that this is this is normal behavior and that what you're doing by trying to be intelligent, trying to be classy, trying to be solid, or that that's that they think that's abnormal. What what does that feel like for you? You know, I'm in Florida and in Florida, it's full of city boy and city girl culture, especially in Orlando, Orlando and Miami. It's hard because the men, the type of men that are around here, no, no uh, disrespect to black men, but some of the type of men that are around here, all they're used to is city girls. And I'm just not that type. Now, I do have some men approach me that say, oh, you're different. Well, I know that because you're not used to the type of women like me that I am. But it is hard. And that's that's kind of like one of the reasons why I'm not dating right now, because I feel like I just need to get in another area with men that know value when they see it and they're not that that are not city boys basically hmm. city boys I, i've never heard that term before t have you heard the city girls yeah yeah this is the wild and out dudes but you know this does go back to the stereotypes with the black community because a lot of us do say you know one black person doesn't represent us and, and that is true but what we have to understand is then when when lizzo does the things that she does then it gets co-signed by black people and black women that that creates a stereotype because even though you're not lizzo even though you're not lizzo when people see you supporting it and it's majority from your race it creates a stereotype well dang all of you act that way and then you know just just piggybacking of the black man if that is the stereotypical black woman that behaves like lizzo no man is going to treat a woman like that seriously. There's absolutely no way. So, yeah, what they're going to try to do is get what they want to get and bounce. So, yes, the, you know, I, I do think that black people do need to definitely guard our image a lot better and call this behavior out because all of us don't represent it. And it is frustrating that when you call it out, we have an internal fight. Like, I'd rather fight outsiders than, you know, we have to battle ourselves. It's like, yo, how are y'all raised? You know, Y'all don't see a problem with this? Like, like, where, where is this coming from? I mean, is the media so thoroughly, has so thoroughly brainwashed our people where this is just seen as normal? You know, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's the problem with the stereotypes is black people need to guard our image better. Otherwise, people are going to keep seeing us in the lowest common factor. Well, you know, what, what what's interesting is you know, y'all know I'm a fan. I'm gonna take this picture off my screen before I get banned on YouTube for showing. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, uh, the the thing that's interesting to me is, you know, I, I always follow the money. You know, and one thing that a lot of our people don't understand is that all money ain't good money. You know, we think that a Negro on TV making money is successful. That's it. Like that's all you got. If you on TV, if white people put you on TV and they paying you big money, you literally could be making that money. By having sex with animals, and they will, and people, black people, will be like, "Black excellence, y'all. That's black excellence, y'all. That ain't black excellence. That's like high-paid buffoonery. That's what it is." And so, one of the things that we got to do is increase our self-esteem to the point where we realize that just because somebody's paying you money to do it, don't mean you're doing the right thing. That don't mean you're winning. Sometimes they're paying you to be a public loser. They're paying you. They're 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 using the money to manipulate you like a puppet. And so, again, I encourage everybody to not just look at Lizzo. I don't think it has to be about Lizzo and, and, and attacking Lizzo. 
It's really looking at the record label. Who's funding Lizzo? Who's paying her paycheck? Who's writing the checks and saying, okay, girl, pull your booty out again. We, we, we'll, we'll give you another half a million dollars. That's what you got to look at because if they were paying her to do something else, if they were paying her to uh, carry herself like Sharice, she'd be, she'd be like Sharice. She'd be dressed with the, you know nice proper clothes and, and, and you know, speaking proper English and all that, but they're paying her to be the mammy hoe. They're, they're like, look, we have a list of Negro stereotypes. We are going to compensate you well as long as you behave like the cartoon character that we know you black women are. So, so when every when whenever anybody comes after you know T or 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 or, or Sharice and says, "Oh, you're you're attacking black women because you don't go along with Lizzo pulling her booty out of the Lakers game," I say, "No, actually, this is a way of protecting black women because I hear from a lot of black women who say that's not who I am. Like that's I can't. I know. Do you know how many really talented singers can't even get a record deal because they won't pull the booty out? You know, so." Right, right. So, T, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you this question, T. Um, what do you think about this? Also, you know, I remember when when I when I had my little weird Lizzo thing, and the and the, the media did exactly to me what they're doing to Sharice. You know, you know what they do? They'll talk about you, but they won't talk to you because they they want to they want to define you. It's white supremacy. That's what it is. Um, I remember one of the things that I said was, "Why are we promoting obesity, flat out obesity, as if that is body positivity?" You know, uh, I used to be overweight, much more overweight. I still am, actually, but I was really overweight a few years ago. My wife, who loves me very much, um, uh, you know, who who is a classy woman, she said, look, I love you, but you got to lose weight. Right. So she didn't hate me. She didn't dislike me as because I was overweight. But she did say, if you don't do something about this, it's going to kill you. It's going to cause you health problems. Right. So uh, so fast forward that I think about when, when you talk about a, a, a Lizzo and obesity. It's almost as if they're encouraging it, like they're marketing obesity, like, like that's a good thing, right? So, so here's what's fascinating. If you were to go look at the top, the list of the top 10 reasons black people die, right? <laughs> the top 10 causes of death for black people, at least four or five of the top 10 causes of death are related to obesity. And you know this, T, during the pandemic, what was the number one factor killing black people from COVID? Obesity. So to me, when you are encouraging obesity, when you're marketing obesity to black people, you're basically encouraging black people to die. Am I crazy or am I right? What do you think, T? No, no, no. That absolutely is the case. And and I like how you mentioned your wife, because someone who truly loves you is going to give you advice to help you out, to keep you healthy. Someone who doesn't care about you, someone who's who's exploiting you for your money is just gonna keep lying to you. That's just a yes man, just to get whatever they can out of you. So yes, that's exactly what is going on with the black community. And what was frustrating, especially during the whole you know, jab period when everyone was locking down, when they talked about the black community dying, you're right, they, they, didn't, they didn't mention anything about our health. It was almost just, just um, the virus was just racist. It was just a racist <laughs> virus completely affecting us only. Nothing about working out, nothing about eating healthy, nothing about changing your lifestyle to be healthier person. Just it's, it's just it's just the virus is racist and come take this jab. So, yeah, you know, the black community has to understand we are being exploited like these, these white liberals, even if it comes to the conservative side, they, they are not our friends. You know, 
They just use our skin color and our blackness to promote whatever agenda. Because how are we still complaining about the sack same issues like I'm telling you since I was a kid until now black people are talking about the exact same issues it don't matter how many black people you have in the po politics it don't matter if you got a black president it don't matter if you have black congressmen we are complaining about the exact same issues so yeah um these people don't care about us they you know we you know we are ex expendable to them and I truly agree with you. Black media, real black media is the only counterbalance to this because only on here where you are going to hear the unfiltered truth about what is going on with the black community. Mm. So, Sharice, I want to ask you a question. Um, you, you may not be older. Have you ever seen The Wiz, the original Wiz, either one of y'all? I have. I haven't seen okay. it in a while, but I have seen I it. Okay, everybody everybody in the chat who's seen The Wiz, the Michael Jackson, Diana Ross version, uh, say, say something in the chat. That was one of the greatest movies of all time. And and when I think about the experience of the black community, based on what T just said, Sharice, uh, I think about when Michael Jackson was sitting there and he was a scarecrow and he started singing, you can't win. You know, you can't win, you can't break even, and you can't get out of the game. People say things will get better, but really they just stay the same. Anybody remember that, right? And, and that's what I think about when I think about the black community. You can't win, you can't break even, and you, you, some of y'all can't, ain't never gonna get out the game. And so, when I see you as a person who has, Sharice, uh, you know, ch chosen to uh, vacate the Democratic Party, you know, again, I, I, I speak openly and say I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but you happen to be a Republican, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm a registered Republican, but I um I'm still like non-biased when it comes to my views. Like I I basically vote based on my values. So um, mm -hmm. if if the Republican Party stands for something, or let's say a candidate that's Republican stands for something that I don't stand for, I'm not going to vote for them just because they're Republican. But yes, I am a registered Republican, but I do bump heads with both sides. Okay, and 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 I've seen you as a Republican, and I I the reason I am totally fine with that is because. Not all black Republicans are the same, like from what I've gathered. There's a difference between, no. right? There's a difference between the Clarence Thomas black Republican versus, say, the Sharice Lane black Republican. Uh, there are Republicans, and I believe Democrats too, that choose their side based on what they believe is best for the community. And I think that that's worthy of respect. But what I like about your line of thinking and the fact, the reason I encourage you to continue to be different is that if you continue, if you just simply do what people in our generation have been doing, you're going to lose. You go, it's going to be like that Michael Jackson song. You can't win. You can't break even and because you, you never got out of the game. You got out of the game. You actually let Democrats know that you have other options. You have other things you can do. I know, T, I know that you uh, – I see – I hear your viewpoint, and the only way I can describe your politics, T, is that you're just 100% black. I don't even know if you're Democrat or Republican. I mean, do you do you assign to a political party? Or yeah, I'm, I'm more I'm more independent, but I, I would say I, I kind of lean a little center right, uh, just 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 due to my family background. But I definitely have sympathies for a lot of uh, liberal causes. I, I do what I do like about, especially with the left, is that they're more concerned with the social issues and the well-being of people. What I do like about the right is I love the concern about the the family structure. God, money. So, yeah, I, I think we can go both sides. And what is interesting is, especially when it comes to this topic, is we do need black people on the right to represent black people. Like we 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 can't have a situation where if if a Republican get in, 
there's no black rep representation. So we just sit around and we complain for four years. No, we should have black people on the right that's still advocating for black issues and for black people's social economic level coming up. So yeah, um, I, I do like it that uh, Miss Miss Lane is on that side, and I hope there are more black people like that. Mm. Well, you know, Cherie. So, so do people give you a hard time because of your policy? I'm gonna say one, one. I'm gonna say one thing. We also need black people on the right who marry other black people and mm. create families with other black people. That's important what? because a lot what? of them don't do that. Oh, everybody! Can everybody clap for that? Clap for that! Clap! Give her a digital round of applause for that comment. I, I, I'm, I'm clapping because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you 100. You know, uh, a lot of people when, when Judge Katanji got um, selected, a lot of people didn't realize that there's never been a black Supreme Court justice who's ever been married to a white person. And uh, and also, I saw uh, a story today actually, you know, speaking about things on the left. Michelle Obama's brother had some incident where their child they feel their child got discriminated against at some uppity private school that they were going to. And he had this blonde head, blue eyed wife next to him, you know, and it's almost as if there's like a, an integration narrative where it's sort of like, look, if you just settle in and be like us and it, you know, subscribe to our values, marry into our community, then your life, your individual life will be better, but your community will perish. Right. Because as, as I'm sure you, both of you understand, a lot of black men were locked up by Joe Biden. Right. So uh, effectively, you then see that follow up narrative that says, you know, we we destroyed, we burned down your house, but we're also offering you a place to live. So you go to the black woman, and you say there are no good black men around. So you should just marry a white guy because we're your we're your savior. But nobody's asking that question, like, what happened to all the black men? Well, because Joe Biden went through and literally locked up hundreds of thousands of brothers that are still locked up now. You know, some of their sons are locked up, you know, generational stuff. I knew about a judge who um who sentenced the grandfather, the father, and the son in different generations. Like, he was a judge 30, 40 years. Like, each generation, he sent each man to jail. You know, so my, my point is to say that um, that point that you made about black family, Sharice, and I'd like for you to elaborate on that. It seems to me that that is an important point that we're kind of missing as a community. We're not talking about the destruction of family, anti-family values that are being promoted that are destroying the power base of the black community. Can you elaborate on that from your perspective? Right. So um, I do identify as a pro-black conservative, even though I am a Republican, I identify as a pro-black conservative. And I say that I'm pro-black because I believe in the black family. I believe in black economics. I believe in black love, you know, all of that. And I think that it's important to continue on with being pro-black because the black family is important. We see what has happened from the 60s to now concerning the black family. A lot of us do come from broken homes, myself being one. And there's not a lot of unity. There's not, uh, we see all these uh, black people mixing, which, okay, if you're gonna do that, that's you. But a few years down the line, are we even gonna be here? Uh, is our community even gonna be here? It's important that you build with another black person because you want the black family to continue on and you want your children to not be confused. You want your grandchildren to not be confused. Me personally, that's one of the reasons why I say I'm going to marry a black man because I don't want my children being confused about their identity. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. They don't think about their kids. They don't think about themselves when it comes to the spouse that they choose and the person that they choose to marry. 
but you always have to think about the kids as well. But yeah. Okay. Um, you, you know, the, the thing about that is, especially, you know, the black community has such a high single parent um, um, children being coming out of it. I think that a lot aids in the gender war because a lot of, you know, just think about a young black boy never having any men around, you know, raised around nothing but women. He doesn't really know how to control his emotions. Uh, you know, he, he never had that masculine presence. So he, he doesn't even know how to behave around a woman. You know, just think about it, if you've been taken care of all of your life, you know, you've never been told to stand on your own. You get with the woman and you think she's supposed to take care of you. You know, you, you, you've, you've never seen your father be the head of the home. Like I can say my dad was the head of his home. He came home. His presence was strong when I, I, it's just, I can feel it. And that's one man I can never disrespect. Even as I got older, I had a lot of respect for that man. Pay for everything. He's one of the guys where you you know he'll take us all out to a really expensive restaurant and he'll pay for everything. Just a leader, you know. And I have such respect for him. And and I love my mother. I saw I saw how he treated my mother. So I understand the family dynamic, and that's why I, I can't really get involved in the gender war that I see a lot of black people have because it's like, man, if I attack black men, I'm going after my father. But then again, if I go after black women. I'm going after my mother and I'm just trying to see how are black people doing this? Where it's like black men are all on the black men's side. They can't find any flaws that black men do. And you <laughs> have black women doing the same thing. I'm like, yo, like what is going on? But yeah, I, I'm starting to see it's a lot of this is due to us not really understanding the opposite sex because we've never really was mm. raised around in a healthy environment to um. see how we we're supposed to operate. Right. I would say um, even though I did grow up not really having both parents in the home, one thing that I did have was my grandparents, as an example, and I talk about them a lot because they are a big inspiration to me. And they're the reason that I'm they're kind of one of the reasons why I'm the way that I am. I've seen the way my grandfather has treated my grandmother and vice versa. I've seen them always say I love you. My grandma say they wake up every morning saying good morning, my love. Uh, read a scripture together. You know, they've been married for 56 years. And even though I didn't have necessarily the example of my parents, I had my grandparents. And mm. so I'm just, I'm grateful because I don't, I don't know if I would have been the same woman with the same type of values if I didn't have the example of my grandparents at least and showing how a black man is supposed to love a black woman and how a black woman is supposed to love a black man and how my grandma was able to rest in her femininity and my grandfather abided in his masculinity. I think this is very important to for me right now, especially to make the right decisions when it comes to a spouse because I want my kids to grow up with that same example that I had with my grandparents. Well, you know what? Uh, by the way, everybody, I want, to, I want you all to know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to T. Kalik. And uh, also Sharice Lane. And we started off talking about uh, an incident involving Lizzo and the racist white liberal attacks on Sharice because she challenged the, the promotion of obesity and, and all this chaos. Uh, but we decided to actually bring the conversation back to us, which is really what matters. I mean, that, that to me is a better conversation. Uh, if you could take a second, everybody hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. And also I'll put uh, Sharice and uh, T's uh, information on the page so you can follow them. Uh, we have to create our own heroes. We have to pay attention to the people we want to hear from. Uh, mainstream media should not be your guide in anything. And so, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you all were talking about 
uh, like you talking about Sharice, your grandparents being married 56 years. T, you talked about your strong father. Uh, what's your father's name, T? Nasheed Abdul Khalik. Nasheed Abdul Khalik. All right, so Nasheed, yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Nasheed, Big Daddy Nasheed. You know, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I um, <clears throat> so what, what you're referring to, in my view, is you're talking about a template, a blueprint. You're talking about uh, an instruction manual that you got as children that shaped your values and uh, shape your culture. And uh, and I, and, the, and I, the reason I think that's so important, and this is why I think you two think differently from other people, is because you knew who you were before the media got a hold of you. Uh, you, you know, somebody else told you who you were before the public school system got a hold of you. So you're not going out into the world saying, okay, I'm going to go along with whatever's popular because somebody gave you your identity. They gave you your culture. And I would encourage everybody to learn from that. Pay attention. You know, you have to give your kids their culture before somebody else does. Uh, you don't want your child picking up her culture from watching TikTok videos and seeing somebody with their booty out because, you know, then you're going to have a problem. And uh, and the other thing that's interesting, too, is, is, is I'm hearing you. And, um, and this is actually why my wife uh, wanted to implement speed dating at the convention is um, because of exactly the problem that you described. When you have certain values, when you're black and you're trying to be silent and you're not trying to go along with the mainstream, you're trying to be different. Dating can be hard, you know. It's like going out into a thunderstorm instead of water coming out of the sky. It's like shit just falling out of the sky. It's a, it's, it can be a terrible feeling. Like, you're, like you're, you're literally covered in shit. And what we did at the convention was we implemented speed dating. It was really successful. And uh, Keisha Ravenel, who uh, actually had kind of had some tough relationship experiences, she went to the convention and met another brother who's super solid. And now they're engaged and they're about to get married and everything else. And that made me happy. And I, so what I think for everybody that's listening is that you got to pick your spots in terms of who you want uh, to blend your, your life with. You know, like, think about it. Would you go start a business with somebody who has never run a business and has never seen anybody run a business? No, you wouldn't. That business is going to fail because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. Or would you run a marathon with with Lizzo, you know, like, well, or with somebody who's like 400 pounds? You know, who's never run before in their life. No, you wouldn't try to run a marathon with a person like that because they don't know how to run a marathon. They haven't been training. They're not in shape. So in my view, marriage and family, that's a marathon. That's a marathon for your ass. That's a marathon mixed with uh, mixed with calculus because you always have to solve problems. You got to figure things out. You got to have patience. You have to have discipline. You have to have all these things. And if you don't, if you've never experienced that and don't have a desire to learn these things, you're going to probably fail. So my thought is, Either one, if you're picking somebody to have in your life, either pick somebody who has already seen a blueprint, right? So, Sharice, if you're picking your husband, I would ask him, so tell me about your parents. Tell me about your grandparents. What was it like for you growing up, right? And and, and then if he doesn't have the things in his background that show he's seen a blueprint, I would try to see what he's doing to fill that void. You see what I mean? Like, where did, you know, did he read some books? Did he take the time? Did he say, you know, I really want to break the generational curse and this is what I'm doing? Like, I think it, you have to see that because a lot of people that you, you get, you you literally, when you marry somebody who ain't never, ever seen what a healthy relationship looks like, you literally are trying to run a marathon with a fat person. It ain't going to work. They're going to get 50 yards down the road. They're going to be like, ooh, ooh, I can't go no further. This is too much. It's too much. You know? So you need to run a marathon. The marathon of love must be run with another marathon runner. Somebody who understands we got 26.2 miles in front of us. It's going to be hell, but I'm in it. I'm with you. If you with it, I'm with it. We're going to stick together. We're going to fight through it. So that that's my two cents. 
that's just I'm throwing out there. I hope that that helps. I didn't want to be preachy, but I'm really encouraging everybody to think that way because because if you do it wrong, it'll fuck everything up. Like your whole life will be shit, and you won't be able to accomplish nothing. You'll be unhappy, stressed out, and all that. So find somebody that's gonna benefit you, not hurt you. So uh, I'm gonna let T. I'm gonna let you get the uh, let uh, you T. And then Sharice. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, take us out, Sharice. And uh, T, uh, what are your thoughts? Just you can just give a random thought. I don't even have a question. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the black man and the, the white woman thing. And what angers me is black men putting white women on a pedestal. You know, because mm. it, it kind of make a look make us look weak. Because it's like we we have to go to another race of women because we're failing with our own. Mm. And what we don't understand is white women aren't really checking for us like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, who do you think? The, the white man is fighting his own woman about the feminism thing. Y'all are talking about, um, you know, black feminists. I'm like, that came from the white woman. Look at where the Me Too movement started off. All these false accusations leveled against black men. All this gender nonsense that we are talking about. A lot of this are spearheaded and led by white women. You know, so it just, it just angers me that we go out here and we say, well, I'm going to go get a white woman and she is more feminine. As if as if white a white woman doesn't divorce you, as if a white woman doesn't have a very independent mindset. So, to me, it's just it's just it's just annoying. It, it, it and it, if the imagery of it, it doesn't even make us look good for white women because when white women see that, it does kind of make us look weak as well because it's like, well, what's wrong with your own women? That are you not masculine enough? Are you not ahead of your home? Are you not uh, got your got your life in order? Because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Dr. Dr. Boyce. If you're a man who's on top of your game and, 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 and on top of your status, you're not going to have these problems where a woman is going to run over you. You know, you are going to be able to see that. And if she sees you grinding, she is going to respect you. It doesn't matter what race. You can, even if you talk to the most hood or the hood rat, if she sees you as a leader, protector, and provider, she is going to respect you. It's these dudes out here that have a hard time with women, do not know how to talk to women. They're following Instagram models. They are they are being turned down because they don't have what it takes to be a man to lead over a woman. So they give up and say, oh, I'm going to go for the white woman. And then they go for the fat woman because the, <laughs> because the pretty white woman want those standards as well. So, yeah, that, that's the problem. I see. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> well said. Man, that's so you got to just get in here and have a have a have a, a whole relationship conversation. I want to hear more of that, man. That that's that's a good point. You know, they they say that you know if you if you're committed to your masculinity, then you just be committed to it. And and most good women will respond to that and respect that. Um, I I think what I have found is that if there's a lot of if there's a lot of resistance, though, you get into a lot of back and forth and fighting and all that stuff, and that's that can be very draining. And I think what I what I remember, I remember when I chose my wife, um, I was kind of in the category where Sharice was talking about. I my wife was classy. You know, I, I know my I, we've been friends for a long time. Um, I wasn't even interested in marriage until, you know, later on in my life. I didn't know if I was ever going to get married. But the thing was, if she had been, you know, a little too wild, a little too out there, a little bit too for the streets, if you know what I mean. I don't know if that would have been my cup of tea. I, I, I probably would still been attracted to her, but would I be willing to, you know, put my life in her hands and my 401k and, and everything else? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. You know, so so that point that you made, Sharice, and I'd love for you to elaborate on it and then share anything else you'd like to share as we bounce out. That piece about class that you laid out there, it's crazy to me that people get mad just because you say, hey, look, if you want a man to want you in a certain way, presenting class does help you. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything sexist about that. I will say, if my wife was not classy, I'm not bringing a classless piece of shit woman home to my mama. My mama would slap me like Will Smith at the Oscars. Like, like she'd be like, what, what is this that you drug in the front door? Why is it why is it wrong to talk about that, Sharice? What, what's wrong with, with, with encouraging black women who want a quality man to be classy and, and quality themselves? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. I think people make a big deal out of it because they're they know that they're not the type of women that men that they want want. So then they bring us down, the, us the type the type of women that we are. You know, the classy women. They bring us down because they can't attract the men that they want. There's nothing wrong with being classy. A lot of classy women exist. Um, I think that the media promotes women that aren't classy for a reason to make it seem like. We don't exist, especially when it comes to black women, but it definitely does matter. And yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. Um, We're out there. If you're a masculine man, it might be, you might think that it's hard to find a feminine woman, but if you're a true masculine man, you're going to attract that feminine woman who carries herself in the right way. And I'm not saying that uh, you have to be perfect because like I said, I'm not perfect. I've done things in the past that I haven't been proud of, but I think what matters is what you're doing now and how you're carrying yourself now and yeah that's, that's basically it well well you know what um you are definitely classy and everybody everybody give a shout out to the classy young lady that had the courage to come in here and share her point of view i hope everybody will applaud for her and i and i'm i've been going out of my way to ask y'all to do that because we got to encourage young people who are uh, who are trying to break generational curses, you know, and, and, and don't you worry at all about, you know, if, if, the, if you do make mistakes, that's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. We all do. And, um, and I just really, I have a lot of respect for you and I love, I, I respect your grandparents for raising you in a way that uh, leads you to be a great young leader for the community. Um, in fact, you made me think about King Randall. Uh, King Randall is hosting the I am a man March, uh, on, on, uh, April 30th. Um, I'm actually going to go down there and a lot of other people are going to go down and support him. I know 19 Keys will be there and stuff like that. So uh, actually, I put a link, everybody. If you go to BoyceWalkins.com, you can find the link to the I Am A Man marches in Albany, Georgia on the 30th. Also, the One Africa Unity Conference is happening in Detroit. My wife is going to speak at the One Africa Unity Conference along with Professor James Small, Dr. Melena Karanga, a lot, uh, Riza Islam, a lot of other great people. And I know Riza is also going to be down at, um, at King Randall's event uh, down at the I'm a Man March. And I want to encourage everybody about these things because uh, we have great things happening in our community. We have a lot of smart people in our community. You don't need mainstream media. You got great leaders like T and and in uh, this sister right here that, um, you know, that can give you what you need. You know, Sharice is a, uh, you're, you're a great template and I, and I truly applaud you. And I really want to openly encourage you to not let any of these suckers get in your head at all and if it starts to bother you too much i told you you, you and i were talking i said turn yes. off the, the internet like it like the internet, these people those comments they got no they, lives man, man they'll, they'll get in your head so bad and so and, and it even affects me and, and when i get to the point where the comments start getting on my nerves i just don't i don't read the comments anymore like i know who i am i'm gonna be me period i'm not gonna let your stupid little comment change 
where I stand. And we need solid black people like that, you know? So I want to say thank you to the two solid black people who joined me today. Thank you, T. And thank you, Sharice. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, y'all. All right. All right. So everybody have, have a good night. And uh, it was great to see everybody. And God bless you. If you could hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe button on your way out. And also, if you want to support the platform, we'd love to have you as a patron. Feel free to go to intelligentblackpeople.com. Uh, if you become a patron, I'll give you free stock selections, things like that every week uh, to help you in your investment journey. Uh, that's the trade off we make. Uh, if you want to help support the channel, we need more intelligent black media. That's what we represent. Ain't nothing wrong with being black and smart. That's who we are. That's what we're meant to be. So God bless you. I love you. I'll see you guys soon. Please take care. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.